0: hi welcome back to escape leaving hell behind in this podcast we talk with people who have left an overbearing religion or cult behind we are back again today and i'm here with my guest why don't you introduce us to you
1: my name is acacia smith and grew up in the seventh day adventist church which feels more like a cult than religion
0: but yeah now i'm out of it so that's my story Well, it's great to have you here today. And now why don't you tell us a little bit about what made you want to leave?
1: Yeah, so this has been something that I've been doing a lot of self-reflection on the past couple years. There was several reasons, but fundamentally, I never felt like I believed anything that they were saying. Just the things that I loved and liked seemed to be at odds with the church and How they treated people and the arbitrary rules just made me very confused. I remember being little and being told to question God and have those conversations. And yet, when I would, it would seem like everyone was like, don't use your brain, just follow our rules and they exist for a reason and just stick to that. And I'm not a person that can just shut up and do as I'm told. So (laughs) I seeked for, I sought out things outside of. My religion, and then just realized I never believed any of this stuff. But I guess the one thing that really made me leave was the treatment of my mom and her wanting to remarry within the church because my dad and her had divorced with very good reason. And they were saying that she can't remarry because of whatever rules they had. I don't remember. But I thought that was really, really dumb. And just how they were treating that whole situation made me be like, you know what? I think I'm over this. I just don't treat my mother like this and like other smaller things. But that was the main thing that made me be like, okay, I'm going to separate myself from this church. And then I moved out on my own and didn't go back to church like ever since.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. A lot of churches, they look very poorly on divorce which personally I think it's better to have two happy single parents than two parents together that are unhappy or whatever the situation may be
1: yeah that was my belief too and especially with that like my mother's particular situation with having like my brother and sister are both mentally disabled so it's really hard for someone like her to be alone and if she was going To want to remarry and have the opportunity to have somebody help her out in that aspect of her life. Also, the church should have been doing way more since they knew her situation. And that kind of always frustrated me because they would ask me to do things in the summertime. But I would be like, well, I have to help my family. You guys could be helping my family, but you're not. You see my sister having seizures at church and. You can just imagine everything that we're dealing with, but you are not helping. So I don't know just the way that they went about things, very much just taking instead of giving really turned me off.
0: Yeah, churches they always say like they're for like helping people, but they always have all these resources and then yeah they never help people.. Mm-hmm. And it's just really disappointing now for you because i so i grew up mormon and then i am ex-mormon now and i just saw how they treated people of color how was that for you in the seventh day adventist church
1: well for us oh race is so complicated that's something i only started really exploring in my late teens like i went to a I went to a place called Andrews University, which is actually the most multicultural Adventist university in the States. And there was like everybody from almost every country. And yet the main church was like the white church. Then there was the black church that I don't remember the name of. But I was like, this is such a big campus. I'm not saying we all have to have one church, but why are we sectioned off and churches of different countries. There was the Korean church, the Filipino church, the Spanish church, and it's not like they were only speaking in their own language. Sometimes they were speaking in English. But then looking into the history, it's because of that uncomfortableness that we just generally have with race and how people would practice their faith. Let's just say that like a Black person wanted to put in drums for the worship team, and there would be people that would be against that because they're more used to a conservative, calmer atmosphere. Then that could be something that causes some tension. So instead of that, you just make your own church and worship in the way that seems fit for you. And then you also don't have to deal with the stupid microaggressions that come out sometimes, but it's just no knowledge that churches are split by race sometime and nobody talks about it. And I remember once I talked to my grandmother, I was like, do you know that we have a race problem in the church? Like, why can't we play these songs that have more of a beat to them? Why can't we sway when dancing or yeah, just move our bodies in our seats? Like David danced in the Bible. Why is this a problem? And again, I was fed some baloney about like it not being acceptable. I'm like, excuse me. Like, I don't, if I'm happy, I'm just a person that needs to move. That's how I show my happiness. And, um, Like, why am I going against a very natural thing for my body to do that has been shown in the Bible to be okay because you guys don't approve? I'm like, this is just, it comes to imperialism and racism at some point. Like, I just, I came to that conclusion on my own. Nobody told me. And uh, yeah, it's really not something that we talk about, but it exists for sure.
0: Yeah. It definitely does, and so yeah, it's always good to get people's perspectives on how they feel about that. And now, for you as a teen growing up in Seventh Day Adventist, how is it trying to deal with like purity culture and all that?
1: Well, I have a very interesting story about purity culture, actually. So, since high school, like high school and university, I went to places where you'd board. So my High school was called Kingsway College in Oshawa, Canada. And uh, they had this thing called Social Bound, which I will tell people that aren't religious at all and they think this is the stupidest thing ever. As a religious person that it happened to, I think this is the stupidest thing ever. But basically, if you were caught being intimate with someone, You're social bound. You cannot be in the same room with them. If you have classes with them, you have to be like opposite ends of the classroom. But you cannot be seen with each other because you have been disrespectful to each other's bodies. So I had a boyfriend at the time, and I was dealing with some health problems, and I felt myself like fall over while we were walking together, and he just put his arm around me to keep me steady you know? And I remember the teacher or the pastor was walking up the hill. That's maybe a few yards away from us. And he just screams social bound. And so my, my boyfriend puts his hands up like this. He's like, I didn't do anything. And I'm there just like stumbling around. Oh my gosh, I just need somebody to to lean on right now. And that week after, I ended up on sick list, which basically means I was too sick to go to class. So I had to be stuck in my dorm room. And this preacher had the audacity to call me out of my room while I'm on sick list and my boyfriend during lunchtime and to tell us, you guys are social bound because you were caught being like intimate. And (laughs) my boyfriend was like, I thought he was going to punch this guy in the face and I'm just there like really ill, just wanting to go back to bed. And I'm saying, like, I'm trying to keep the tension down. I was like, this is what happened. As you can see, I am not feeling well. You have called me from my dorm room and all he was doing was trying to help me stand upright. Nothing else happened. And then the pastor was like, oh, fine. Instead of a week and a half, it can be like a couple days. And it was so stupid. Like I remember we were both in choir and we had to sit so far away from each other. And I would just wave it in from the other side of the room, just like, hi, I miss you. And then as soon as it finished, like something like that doesn't exactly make you want to stay away from the person. Absence makes the heart grow fonder and not saying that we were like doing anything physical afterwards, but just Think of that, like telling a teenager with a bunch of hormones, you can't see this person. Me also stuck in my dorm room for a week. Like things could have happened and it would have totally been the pastor's fault. But yeah, we were just happy to see each other. I was happy to be outside. And uh, yeah, it's still one of the dumbest experiences of my life. Like you just get the smallest things you get. Yelled at, and you feel horrible, like you can't show shoulders. I've got a larger chest, and so I always had to make sure that my cleavage was covered, and if any man looked at me, it wasn't their fault, it was mine, because I'm the one with the body, and he put a bunch of teenagers in a boarding school, and things are going to happen. There was teen pregnancies and whatnot, and just also I don't remember ever getting any sort of talk about sex. I think it happened in my public school before I came, but yeah, the culture is stupid. It's deny, 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 but yet they create, at least in the boarding school, they create this atmosphere that kind of just makes you want to breed like bunnies, like (laughs) you guys are going against everything that you want to happen. Yeah, and there is really no talk about what healthy sex is. Also, in university, people were rushing to get married. Before they left, I remember my last year there. A bunch of people got married the same week that they were graduating because one, they needed to meet a good Christian man or woman, and two, they wanted to. I think they were just getting married because they wanted to have sex. I never asked all these people because that's not something you necessarily do. High suspicions. And then a lot of these people are now divorced. It's like if you just if sex wasn't this big taboo thing. Maybe you guys wouldn't be rushing to lock it down, and maybe you would have better relationships and understanding of yourselves and what you need. And yeah, that was a mouthful, but there is, there is just so much wrong in terms of that subject in the Seventh day Adventist Church for sure.
0: Yeah, the main Mormon university for you know, college after. High school, eighteen to twenty-two year olds. That's not too far from Vegas. <laughs> so a lot of the Mormons would go off to Vegas to a wedding chapel to get married for the weekend, and they would come back and get their marriage annulled. Wow, why
1: would you put it so close to the place of sin? <laughs> like, you are just asking for trouble.
0: <laughs> so, so when you are talking about all these people getting married and then all these divorces. I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. Cause yeah, in the U S like you can get in marriage and old, if you haven't really been in a relationship for a while before you get married. So yeah, they would just run off to Vegas, like drive through wedding and they'd be married and then they could sleep with each other. And yeah, then they get it old.
1: Well, I mean, That's convenient, but also just maybe it is my Christian upbringing, but I do believe that the, that marriage is sacred. And that's why it always just bothered me that people would just, it seemed like their main motivation was for sex. I was like, why would you not want to get married to start a life with this person and all that? If that's what you're doing, then just do it on the down low. Everybody is just, you know,
0: Yeah, I I agree. and But yeah, so I totally get that. And now what are some of the other things you enjoy doing that you didn't get to do before you left?
1: Oh, for sure. I have four tattoos now. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. Yeah, my 20s were definitely a time of exploration. I felt like you're supposed to be having these experiences in your teens, but I was not. I had my first long-term boyfriend in my 20s. Got drunk in my 20s and realized that's not a fun thing. I don't know what everyone's talking about, but a drink here and there is nice. Went to clubs and experienced that. Also not my thing, but at least I didn't feel the shame of going and then having that over my head. It's just like, oh, this exists. And I did it and it wasn't for me. The same thing with weed. Tried that and was just like, "Ah." so (laughs) it's funny because a lot of the things that I like or yeah, a lot of the things that were told to me to be dangerous and bad, I tried them. and like, This isn't that bad. Like, this is what you guys were preaching against, but also still not into them just because they're something that I don't like. But more like se- ways of self-expression to so like coloring my hair or getting the tattoos got some piercings. I had a septum. My mother was just like, you look like a pig. And I was like, well, thank you. Um, Small things like that, being able to, smaller things too, like being able to go to the movies or watch violent TV shows and not feel bad about that. Listen to the type of music that I want and not only religious music, read the books that I'd like, being able to have friends that are willing to talk about sexuality and that sort of stuff. And then I guess the big one is just being able to openly express my bisexuality, which I questioned for a long time. But looking back, there were so many signs. And within the church, I was never going to admit that to myself. But that was a big thing, just being able to be like, oh, I'm bi and this is fine. And I can look at women and I can look at men and that's acceptable. Nobody out here is going to beat you over the head for it. You don't have to stand up for yourself within conversations about that. So yeah, my life basically opened up after I left.
0: So now the Mormon church is pretty homophobic. Is that how it is for SDA as well?
1: Oh, for sure. They were starting to develop some LGBT groups and have those conversations happen at Andrew's when I was there, which was two thousand eight to two thousand twelve slash thirteen. But again, it was the whole thing where you have to debate your existence and fight for your right to be alive. And it's not like it's it's very demoralizing. It's not something that you want to do for fun. And the last year that I went there, I came out to my friends and honestly speaking, if a friend is coming out like bisexual is probably one of the easier ones to go. Cause you can still mask and be heterosexual technically. But I was like, I'm going to come out to my friends cause I want to feel comfortable and make comments about women, not anything derogatory, but Oh, she's so pretty. I'd love to date her. But I had some friends that were trying to convince me that I was wrong. I had other friends trying to give me a sermon and such and whatnot. And so I stopped talking to those people and only started talking to the ones that were like, we know you're gay. Like, it's obvious. (laughs) I was like, oh, well, I'll stick with you guys. That was my last year, just listening to the absurd comments that people would make. And just, that really helped me realize that this is the best decision that you can ever make. Just be in a place where, your whole self can be appreciated and you don't have to be fighting an uphill battle because even if they are becoming more accepting of people who are different with their sexualities it's just it's in the writings and it's in the bible and there's still old people that are going to debate things with you because of just how they were raised and that's not an environment that I want to be in obviously it has done worse things it has not done good things for me because i would not Need to talk to a therapist about all these issues if the environment was okay, but obviously it's not. So, yeah, hopefully things will get better, but I honestly don't see it happening.
0: Yeah, that's such a loaded one for so many religions, I feel. And now, did your mom and the rest of your family leave too at the same time, or do they still go?
1: They're very Strong, devout Christians. And I still get from my grandma (laughs) the talk every once in a while, why don't you go back to church? And I'm just like, I have no interest. And I let her do her spiel because she's my grandmother and I love her. But I also don't need to debate with my loved one about why this church is toxic for me. And my family doesn't know that I'm bi, they just know that I don't go to church. But I'm Honestly, still pretty respectful. It's just sometimes certain things I'll say that could be considered rude, but at least I have the freedom to say them now. But yeah, I think that kind of, I hope that kind of answers your question.
0: Yeah, it makes it hard when like you've stopped going, but then a lot of your family still goes and you just, it can make for very awkward conversations sometimes.
1: Yeah, for sure. Thankfully, my mom doesn't talk about it too much, but I'll get the occasional text message that is a Bible verse or a happy Sabbath on the Saturdays. But then again, like last Friday night, I was singing the songs that I grew up with because music is something that I've always loved and those songs are my childhood. So I was listening to those. I still listen to them. And sometimes I just want to watch a Christian movie, but they're the old Hollywood Christian movies like Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston or Ben Hur, still so it's not really dripping with Christian morals. It's just a Christian story made in Hollywood. <laughs> and I just wanna see it. So I'm not like completely against everything Christian. I do realize that they have some good things. I'm also vegetarian and grew up eating the food. That is one thing I miss. Every Sabbath I would just have a really good Christian lunch and that doesn't happen anymore I would probably think about going back to church just to eat good food but no (laughs) I would consider it but not ever gonna do that but yeah
0: and now what are three tips you have for people looking to leave a high demand religion or cult
1: I think you have to be really secure in who you are because if you're not, then they're going to question you and you're going to think, oh, maybe I should just stay. But if you stayed, then you would feel the same way that you're feeling now. You would still be questioning, you'd still be in pain. Those feelings and thoughts are there for a reason. So honor yourself and honor them and try to leave. So that would be my first tip and then the second one would be to i guess branching off of that just logically look and every single religion has the script of life and if you don't want your life to follow that script it's something you need to really ask yourself because i looked and saw what was in my future which was just having kids and knowing the same sort of people and living this very bland sort of life where everything is dictated to me, and that did not seem like fun. I wanted to take control of my life, and that was another big source of motivation. So definitely ask yourself: Is this the life that I envisioned for myself? And if not, then leave. And uh, but also keep yourself safe because there are some parents and aspects of churches and whatnot that I know it's way harder to leave than my story. I was very lucky that. My family is respectful, but at the same time, being a nagging family and wanting me to do things that they see best. But there are situations where it's much harder to leave. So just keep safe. And it may not be now that you leave, but there may be an opportunity later on. But as long as you figure out who you are, stick to your beliefs, and tell yourself that I want something different for my life. Eventually, that moment will come where you can leave because you think about it and put it into the universe, it will happen. So those would be my three tips.
0: Those are really great tips. And now as we're getting close to wrapping up, is there anything else you'd like to add today?
1: One thing I would say is just if you are one of the fortunate ones that get to leave, Be out about it. Not, you don't have to be telling everybody that you meet. I'm an ex, whatever, but there's so many of us that exist and it was such, it's such a good resource and thing to have. If I didn't have the ex Adventist subreddit, I would have honestly thought I was losing my mind. Little things like feeling bad about accidentally having a piece of pepperoni on your pizza, just people outside of religion don't understand it. So having people that have had very similar experiences to you and you just get to chat with them, it's honestly so helpful for your mental health and your journey of letting all of that go. But that can only be given to you if you state that it's something you are. So yeah, I guess just being open about that to the right people, of course, seek out those communities because they definitely exist. There is a community for everything. There's a community for church growers. There is community for non-church growers anymore. So yeah, that's a big resource that has helped me and um, given me confidence that I am doing the right thing and that the religion I left is a religion that needs to be left. So yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you for coming on and have a great day.
1: Thank you so much. <laughs> Take care.
0: Thanks again for joining us today. As always, I want to give special thanks to our sponsor and friend, Corporate Design Solutions, who has generously made it possible for this podcast to be a reality. If anyone is looking for help protecting their digital info, please email Michael at helpdesk at corpdesignsolutions.com.